Hey there, and welcome to The Water Tower, a few minutes of extra encouragement for your week from the scriptures. I'm your host, Lee Younger from Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Today we'll be in Psalm 130. This is verses five and six. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. All right, enjoy episode 66, Even in the Depths, by Brad Warren. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? That's the start of Psalm 130. It's one of my favorites, and it gets quite a bit more positive, but today we're going to be talking about being down in the depths. Why do that this time of year? Because we're down in the depths, and we need to know what it means. And we need to know what to do about it. We need to know how to cope. We're going to be here for a while. I had a childhood friend. At some point, we went different directions. My family went to a different school district, and he went to a private school. Our family started going to different churches. No big deal. But I remembered him, of course. And when Facebook rolled around, and yes, I'm old enough to remember that, I reconnected with him online. Only in the most superficial way, of course, Facebook friends. But it was something. He'd put on some weight that I didn't expect to see. I'm sure I looked old and goofy to him. This friend of mine was an only child and a good kid. He was his mama's everything. And I expect he didn't really disappoint her much. Maybe she was sad that he hadn't gotten married. But then one day, I noticed on Facebook that he had a girlfriend. And the next thing you know, they were married. I was thrilled for my friend. I got to see pictures and see them going on adventures together. They went to California. They went to England. And from that trip, I learned he was an Arsenal fan. Or maybe it was Man United. It was a red team. Like I said, we were only friends online. It was great to see him find some happiness later in life. And then one day, a few years later, I was talking to my mom, who still keeps in touch with his mom. And she got really serious and told me that my friend and his wife had gotten a divorce. As I thought about it, I realized that it had been a while since I'd seen any pictures of them. I was a little sad about it. I want people to be happy. This is not how marriages are supposed to go. But I've also been around long enough that this kind of thing doesn't really surprise me anymore. Stuff happens. And that's the first point here. We are in the depths. Stuff happens. From the distance at which I experienced this relationship, even with the care and fondness that I had for it, it was a small sadness. And compared to the horrors and unimaginable sufferings around this world, it is a tiny sadness. But to them, it was life-changing. Turns out, there are no little sadnesses. There's only pain. We live in the depths. It is a sad and broken world. My mom went on to tell me the rest of the story. They had tried to have a baby and had had a miscarriage. And to hear it through the lens of two mothers, 
My friend's wife had had some hard postpartum symptoms that had made her go crazy, and she left him. To hear the story as it was told to me, you would think that my old childhood friend had done nothing wrong. He'd always been his mother's delight. He was her only boy. I'm not even mad at her for telling the story that way. But can we be real for a second? That's probably not the whole story. Who knows what it was like? Maybe she did have a hard time. Maybe he didn't deal with it the way he should have. Maybe he was bad at supporting her. Maybe he was selfish and didn't want to stick it out. Maybe in her grief, she got tired of putting up with the things that she had always had to put up with to be married to a man who had been a bachelor for so long. Maybe he was a bad husband. And I'm not trying to say that it was all his fault. I honestly don't know a thing about it. I only saw the pictures when they were happy. I'm just saying that it is very rarely only one person's fault. And here's the second point. We are in the depths. It is a broken world. But sometimes we are in the depths because we are broken. We are sometimes, often, making the world a worse place. We are reaping what we sow. We drag ourselves down into the depths. We deserve to be there. Sometimes we fall in the mud because we live in a world of mud. Sometimes we are the ones throwing it. If you, O oh Lord, kept a record of sins, O oh Lord, who could stand? So here we are. We live here. We are in the depths. We are in the depths because we live in a broken world full of broken people. And we are in the depths because we are broken people. It is outside of us and it is inside of us. What on God's green earth are we going to do about it? Let's read two Psalms. The first is Psalm 130, which as I said, is one of my favorites. And the second one is Psalm 23, super famous, also great. Here we go. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord, more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. And now Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, friend, what can we say? How do we answer that question? We're in the depths. What on God's green earth are we going to do about it? Hope. We are going to hope.
and hope is just the start. We're also going to be grateful. Grateful for the depths? Heck yeah. There are green pastures here. There are quiet waters here if you know where and how to look. There is unfailing love and full redemption here. One translation that I like says that there are armloads of salvation, as if God is bringing more than he can carry. He's bursting with it. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits like the watchmen wait for the morning. I am waiting for it. I am grateful for it. I am hoping for it while I'm here in the depths. As I was writing this, I was sitting in a comfy chair in my house, looking at the Christmas tree with a full belly and the sounds of my kids playing drifting into the room. There are things this year that have gone well, and there are things that haven't gone well. That's life in the depths. And I could complain about the things that go wrong, or I could put on my rose-colored glasses and ignore the mess that swirls around me. Or I could acknowledge that the forces of nature, the choices of evil men, and my own choices have got me down here in the depths. I could recognize God's great mercy in it and be thankful. I could try to be part of that mission of mercy. I could see the pain around me and try to do something about it. Hope, gratitude, love, they are choices we make. When Jesus was born, his birth was suspect. It was shameful. I don't think very many people believed Mary and Joseph that this baby was a miracle. I think they were rejected. I think that's why Mary gave birth to the Savior of all mankind outside, and why Joseph fixed up a manger, a feed box for animals, into a little cradle. Jesus participated in the creation of the world. He watched it fall to sin and darkness. He looked into the depths and recognized the pain, and when he came to fix it, the people who owed him everything, and for whom he would give everything, gave him a dirty stable a shed for animals in the depths. Not only that, not only was he rejected by the people who should have been celebrating him, if only for the fact that he was a baby, a new life, not only was he poor, but then King Herod found out he existed and tried to kill him. Joseph had to get his wife and boy and run away in the middle of the night to another country because though some people didn't believe in him enough, other people believed enough to think he was a threat. Poor a refugee, a target, a shame. He wasn't even two yet. Welcome to the depths, Jesus. You sure you want to do this? Well, he was. His life got put back together. They went back to Nazareth. And life had to be stable enough because he became a carpenter. And then one day, he left it. Jesus plunged himself back into the depths. Jesus left a stable life to become a homeless preacher. He left a respectable and peaceful life to invest himself in helping sinners and telling the truth to power. He made friends with people in the depths and made enemies of the people who could hurt him. He was poor again, a target again, doing shameful things like eating with people who weren't perfect, answering the prayers of foreigners, showing compassion for people and healing them on the wrong days. He made enemies all right. Some of the people 
who had carved their own little safe bubbles of comfort and self-justification, who thought they had insulated themselves from the depths. Those people did not like what he was doing. They did not want this kind of Messiah. A Messiah that got down in the mud? That can't be right. But friends, if Jesus was going to find us, where else could he look? We're down here suffering and causing suffering. There's nowhere else we could be but the depths. Love has to go to the depths. That's where the loved ones are to be found. You see, this is the third point. There are three reasons to be in the depths. One, the world is broken and full of broken people, and we happen to live here. Two, we are broken people, and we take the depths with us wherever we go. And this is the tricky one, the sneaky one, the one we may not like the most at first, but the best reason of all. Three, we choose to go to the depths because we are following Jesus, and that's where he always goes. All of the people that I admire the most are the ones who follow Jesus into the hard places. They wade into messed up lives and give themselves away. They walk into difficult and sometimes dangerous situations and make their lives more complicated and less comfortable. They do it because if they want to be with Jesus, there's really no other place to go. He's not sitting in nice cars a lot. He's not trying to keep the riffraff out of his gated community. Jesus finds people who need love. Matthew 25 says he's with the hungry and the thirsty. He's with the strangers, the outsiders, with people who don't have clothes, with the sick, with prisoners. If you want to be with Jesus, maybe you ought to head down to the depths. That's where those people are. Psalm 23 tells us some things about the good shepherd. He finds green pastures for us. He helps us find good water. He restores our soul and he guides us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. I want all that. I want to walk down paths of righteousness with Jesus. Have you ever noticed what comes right after that? I'm sure you have. It's pretty famous in itself. But I had never really thought about how it connects with walking in the paths of righteousness. The next part is, and lo. You have to say lo. This is like the only time a modern person gets to say lo. Okay. And lo. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. Where is he with me? The valley of the shadow of death. The darkest valley, another translation says. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't lose its meaning if you said, and lo, though I walk through the depths. Is it possible that the paths of righteousness take us down into the depths? Jesus walks the paths of righteousness, and that's where he went, as a baby, as a man on the cross, even after he ascended, that's where his work has always been. He's with us in the valley of the shadow of death, in the depths, because that's where we find him. That's where love tells him to go. That's where love tells us to go. So maybe I should stop trying so hard to get out of the depths. Certainly I should stop trying to pretend that they aren't there. Maybe I should instead look around for where Jesus is working. I should wait for the Lord like the watchman waits for the morning. 
I should look for some of that forgiveness that he's handing out by the armload. I should look for the hungry and the thirsty and the friendless. I should find some people to love. I should hope and I should pass hope out by the armload. Now, this isn't saying it's going to all start feeling good. We weren't made for the depths. We weren't even made for shallow water. We were made for something more like flying. We should feel uncomfortable here. We are waiting for the Lord like the watchman waits for the morning. Something better is coming. A time is coming where we won't have to be on the lookout for enemies sneaking up on us, where danger isn't lurking. One day we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, even though for now we are in the depths. So keep your chin up. We have a good shepherd. We shall not be in want. We have everything we need, even when it doesn't feel like it. We are surrounded by unfailing love. Our whole being waits for it, longs for it, was made for it. The depths are not our home, but while we travel here, we can know. He has an answer for the brokenness around us and provides for us in it. He has an answer for the brokenness in us and redeems us. He is leading us in right paths for his namesake, and he is with us. Emmanuel, even in the depths.
Today's score was the song Woods with Light and Sun and Rain by The Field Tapes, used by permission with musicbed.com. Our talk was by my good buddy Brad Warren. Our final song was Us From Us by me. Our intro and outro music was by the one and only Jed Brewer of Good Loud Media. And you are hearing this because of our friend Ian Gothert, who's like the feeling of your very favorite team making it into the college football playoff for the first time ever. Go Blue. Thanks for listening, and may the living water fill you up.